faith-based experience on love. Bad. 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 Life-based experience on love. Welcome to the Pum Pum Chronicles. I am your host, Badass Jones, offering personal advice and life-based experience on love, sex, relationships, intimacy, with a little Jamaican flair. Welcome to the Pum Pum Chronicles. Greetings, greetings, greetings. Bless up yourself and happy new year, Pum Pum Posse. I hope everyone is doing well. I hope everyone had a great holiday season. I know 2020 was definitely rough on everyone, um, but I do hope that everyone had a great holiday and, you know, got to spend some time with your loved ones, um, you know, and and got to be around people who put a little bit of joy and um, life and love and upliftment into the holidays for you. Uh, this, of course, is the Pum Pum Chronicles podcast, and I am your host, AJ Badass Jones. Um, so first and foremost, I want to thank everyone who supported the podcast in 2020. You guys were amazing. Um, I hit some really great numbers, broke uh, some goals that I set for myself. So I am absolutely grateful to everyone, um, you know, everyone in the posse who has listened to and supported the podcast. Um, I haven't done a Love Jones, and this episode is the first episode of the year, which is the Love Jones, um, where I'm answering listener questions and submitted emails and and uh, text messages and DMs. I haven't done one in a while because, of course, in the last little while I was in Jamaica, wanted to do just some raw recording while I was there, give you guys a yod vibe and a yod feel. Um, so for those of you who have submitted questions, Lod, I am so sorry it's taken me this long to get to them, but I have them. I've been compiling them and holding on to them um, for the right moment. And I figured, you know, what better way to start off the new year than to talk to the people them and 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 answer some of the questions from the people them and give some insight to, you know, to certain uncertain things. <laughs> so we're going to get started. Um, first question, AJ, have you ever had what one would call a whole phase, um, like having a different boyfriend every week or, you know, um, a girlfriend, if that was, you know, your personality and what have you. Um, have I ever had a, a whole phase, boy? You know, I'm not, I'm not going to front. I, I would say I, I, I call it more of like a free spirited phase in my life where I didn't want to be tied to anybody. I wanted to fuck who I wanted to fuck. I wanted to, you know, date who I wanted to date, hang out with who I wanted to hang out with. Um, I was always very clear with people because I believe in being upfront and, and saying to people like, yo, I'm not trying to be wifed, I'm not trying to be your girlfriend, I'm not trying to be your mistress, your side chick, your outside ting and adage to your life. I'm not trying to be any of those those type of things. Like, I just want to have a good time. If you're down for that, cool. If you're not, I understand. No hard feelings. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I went, <laughs> I had some experiences. Um, I, I will say that, you know, some of the choices have, have le- left some people emotionally worse for wear because, you know, what I, what I found 
Um, because I'm, I'm explorative. I'm never going to say that I've never not been with a woman. Um, I just kind of go with the feeling that I get from the person and the energy that I get from the person regardless. Right. Um, I think that people would say that that's pansexual, but I'm not going to give title or name to it. Um, I like who I like and the vibe that I get from that person is, is what I enjoy. Um, but I, I have found that, you know, when you're a chill kind of person, and you are about what you say you're about, just in terms of not pressuring anybody to, you know, be in a situation that they don't want to be in. Because sometimes you'll buck somebody that will say the same thing to you that, you know, they're not trying to be nobody's man right now. They're not trying to settle down. They're not trying to look for a committed relationship. They're not trying to be nobody's woman right now. They're not trying to, you know, um, settle down in anything. They too are trying to enjoy life and have a good time and all these things. But what ends up happening, and I don't know if this is a thing that happens for everybody, but certainly it happens for me, is that when people realize that I am what I say I'm about, just in terms of not pressuring nobody, when we hang out, we hang out, you know, if we don't talk for a couple of weeks or I'm I'm good, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to be vexed with nobody. There's not going to be like any hard feelings and ting and ting. And so um, I have found in those interactions that people want to make it something more permanent or, you know, something more serious or kind of lock me down and boy, them the times there, I just was not feeling that. Um, and I know I hurt people's feelings and, you know, at them times I just, I didn't care because for me, it was like, if I'm upfront with you, I tell you what it is. You accept the circumstances. You say you're good with it. I am trusting you at your word that you're good with it. Um, so, you know, there's, there's, there's been, there's been, a few. Um, I will tell you a really funny story. There was a, um, <laughs> like, you know, people always say like, you know, you have a type and all this kind of stuff. And, and I've, I've dated outside of what I guess is my type, um, several times. And so it's like, oh boy, how do I explain this? Okay. So this, this, I was dating this man who was in a wheelchair. We met on one of them social media apps from back then times, like MySpace or something. And, you know, we talked, we exchanged numbers and, you know, back then times it was kind of okay. Like you weren't really so suspicious of people. You give them your number. If they call, they call, you know, if they don't, they don't. It's not one of those things. Now I'm afraid to give people my number. Right. But so we exchanged numbers. Um, you know, he, he had disclosed to me after several conversations that he was in a wheelchair and, you know, but, um, he had been paralyzed, but he was doing physiotherapy and he was getting better at this, that, and the third and asked me if that was going to be a problem. And I, I didn't want to be like biased, cause, but that, I'm thinking to myself like, okay, well, if you're paralyzed from the waist down, like you can't fuck, you know? Okay. Well, it's, it's whatever. Um, so I went to go see him and we hung out a couple of times and like, you know, we got to like kissing and, you know, rubbing up and, and, and stuff like that. And, you know, he had asked me to like sit on his face and all this kind of stuff, but listen to me. When this man said to me, he's paralyzed and can't walk, eh? One of the days that I went to go see him where, you know, I was going to go for a little face writing session or whatever. So I went to his crib. We're sitting in the living room, chilling or whatever. And I noticed that this man's legs started to move. You hear me? (laughs) Not the twitching kind of move. Like he literally, like his leg lifted off the footrest. Not far, but enough. Where it wasn't a twitch. Like it looked like an actual mess. (laughs) That scared me for the simple fact that I thought to myself, what if this man is like trying to trick me and he's not really wheelchair about anyways, my brain went sideways and I was like, yeah, I gotta go. I made some kind of excuse and I got out of there and yeah, I never talked to him again. I know that's really bad. Um, 
another kind of hoish moment. <laughs> just telling you guys all my business. Um, I drove to Chicago for Dick. Not for a weekend, not for several days, for literally 24 hours. And the drive from where I live to Chicago is about a seven hour drive. Um, but I was so enamored with this man that I just like, I needed to have him. And I drove to Chicago and it was absolutely worth the drive. The, 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 the dick down, the pussy eating, the toe sucking, the, the, the ass eating, the whole, it was fabulous. And we had, we had been talking for about three months. Um, and you know, he's like, okay, well, you know, we can plan something. I can come see him. Like, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to come there. And he's like, what do you mean? So I'm going to, I'm going to leave tomorrow morning. I'm going to drive, come see you, you know, stay until the following morning, like early and then leave and drive back home and, and go to work half day. And I promise you, I did that. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, there's more stories that I could tell you, but yeah, the, I mean, the long and short of it is I, I definitely had a whole phase. Um, I've absolutely calmed down like in the last 10, 15 years of my life. I love to tell you guys I'm an old woman. So, you know what I mean? In the last 10, 15 years of my life, I've definitely calmed down. I'm, I'm more, you know, chill. Um, but yeah, that, at that time in my life, when I was in my, you know, um, mid to late twenties, um, even my early thirties, uh, especially too, because I had my family early. Um, so it's kind of like, I don't know, not, not necessarily making up for lost time, but I put, I put in, I put in some time. Um, and it's one of those things where like, you know, if, if we, if we fucked and you talked a good game and you couldn't back your talk, I just never bothered to talk to you again. Certainly wouldn't waste three minutes on having sex with you again. Um, there's a guy, Michael, that I was talking to. Now, I tried to work with Michael. Michael had a very, he was below average in terms of length and girth, but very ambitious in his position choosing and wanting all kinds of things that his dick couldn't stay in for, even with the grip of the pum pum and all these things, and even with the quintin, even with the glamity, even with the pum pum power and all these things. Um, but he lasted like less than five minutes. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> This I, I took off my clothes and wasted time for this. But, you know, it, and it, it becomes one of those things where, oh, let me make it up to you. No, I'm good. I'll just move on to the next. But anyhow, too many stories. Long answer. Short question. Yes, I have absolutely had a whole face. Um, <laughs> so moving on. Hi, AJ. I wanted to ask, what is one of the weirdest relationships experience? What is one of the weirdest relationship experiences you've had where you ghosted someone? Um... That probably, again, would be the man in the wheelchair. Um, and like I said, you know, like everything was was good between us. Like the conversation was good. You know, um, we laughed a lot. Like it was just like the camaraderie was there. The sexual attraction was there. I completely could overlook the fact that he was in a wheelchair. Um, but it was interesting, too, because I remember that there were only certain times of day that I was like allowed to come to his house. Like, of course, I wasn't expecting to come to me because, you know, um, he, it was more difficult for him to organize transportation to to get around and all that kind of stuff. And I had no problem going to his place. But like I said, you know, it was it was interesting to me that it was always just like in the evening. So even if I had a day off, I couldn't go see him in the day, even though he was at home, um, which kind of started to like, you know, you start to 
wonder or you start to think certain things might be going in or whatever. But like I said, that time when I was there and, and we were, you know, just about to get into things or whatever. And, you know, the vibe was heating up nice and what have you. I seen this man's leg move, like lift up. And the funny thing is, I know he knew that I saw it and he didn't say anything. He just kind of like to, because it's like my face, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure there was a physical reaction on my face, like a little bit of shock because like he kind of looked at me and looked down and looked back up again. And then, you know, I just, I turned my head and, and, you know, pretend like I was still watching TV and, you know, in my mind, I'm like, okay, that was weird. Like, I, and I started to panic, like legit started to panic because I felt like, you know, suppose this man actually can walk and this is a ruse and he, you know, he tries to like do me something. Now, mind you, if it, if, if everything was above board and he had, I, I absolutely would have given the pussy to him. But in my mind, I'm thinking of like worst case scenario, this is some kind of like rape situation or ra- I, I don't honestly even know. I just know that uh, when push came to shove, yeah, I was trying to be out of there quickly, 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 quickly. And like I said, I made some kind of excuse. I don't even remember what it was that I said, but I, I made some kind of excuse that I had to go. Um, and I left and, and I never talked to him again. Like I never talked to him again. I blocked this man's number. Um, and other than being like on social media, there was no way for him to contact me. Uh, but yeah, that was that was probably by far the weirdest relationship experience that I had where I ghosted somebody. Um, so moving on. Hey, AJ, I hope this finds you well. So I wanted to be a nosy Nancy <laughs> and ask if you have a crush on anyone on IG. <laughs> Hoping it's me joking, but serious LMAO. But really that's my question. And have you made it known to them that you're crushing on them? <sighs> oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I almost feel like I want to sidestep this one because, you know, but, um, okay. So first and foremost, uh, I appreciate what you said. I know you said you're joking, but serious. Um, you know, that's, that's sweet. And I appreciate that. Uh, but do I have a crush on someone on IG? I do. Um, have I made it known to him? I have, um, we've, we've been talking, you know, but for me, I'm, I'm like, Part of the problem is because, of course, we're in pandemic quarantine and all these things. And it would have been easy enough for me to have seen him by now or several times um, by now had the quarantine not been in place because I would have just drove to where he is. The, The problem for me is the cost of the flight to get to him just doesn't make sense. Like if I added on a couple more dollars to it i could go to like an all-inclusive resort for a week for that price i know you know what i mean like it's it's kind of like haggling when you're going to see somebody but i would rather know that i can drive to you on the first meet and we hang out um that and then if things don't go well that i have the option of leaving rather than you know like i've spent all this money to get here now i'm kind of stuck you understand but um you know, we're, we're trying to work out seeing one another, or at least meeting face to face. I am a firm believer that energy is different when you're in the same room with a person, because when you're on the phone and you're, you're video chatting and, and even when you're just like talking on the phone or talking by text, people always put their good foot forward and you're not always seeing the person, um, in the moment. Like you may not ever see the person angry or upset, or, you know, you may not see how they deal and interact with people because it's just you and them talking, right? 
So I'm a firm believer that, you know, seeing someone's energy and being around someone's energy in real life should inform your choice about whether or not you want to be with the person. Not that you can't develop bonds and soul ties through talking on the phone and through video chat and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like there's something different that solidifies it in real life when you see the person and you're face to face with the person, um, which for me is more of a, a preference. Um, like I said, I, you know, with, with the circumstances with COVID and all that kind of stuff, we are in constant communication for the most part. Um, I wouldn't say like we talk every day, but you know, at least every other day we're, we're communicating with one another. So it's either by text message, you know, messages through the DM, video chatting and, and that kind of stuff. And just trying to keep the link, you know, until we are able to see in real life, whether or not this is something that we want to pursue. Um, we've both expressed that we are interested in, in pursuing something, but like I know, I'm, I'm a realist, you know what I mean? And, and things may translate differently once you're around a person. Like they say, to, to see me and to see me and live with me is two different things. Everybody puts their best foot forward. Do you know what I mean? Um, he may not like the way that I chew. I may not like the way that he breathes. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like whatever it is, it's those little things, but um, yeah. So I do have a crush on someone and um, yeah, trying to, trying to see where it goes. <laughs> so next up, um, AJ, how do you get your man back up for round two without having to wait for his deck to get on hard on its own? Do you think that there is such a thing? And do you think that there is such a thing as being too freaky in your relationship? Um, so for me, when I am with somebody and we've had like a good round one and, you know, I'm hypersexual and I'm ready to go like the second that he's done because, you know, um, I, I know that it takes him in a little bit more. So for me, it's about kissing him. It's about massaging him. It's about caressing him. Um, you know, I will go in and get a warm towel. Like I get a towel, you know, run it under hot water as hot as my hands can take it and wring it out and bring it back and kind of let it cool to the side for a little bit until it becomes like a nice warm, not scalding hot, um, you know, and, and rub um, like around his groin area with it and use the, the warm towel to massage. Um, and then I'll actually use my hands to like, you know, rub and massage like his balls, rub and massage his groin area, rub and massage his dick, not necessarily stroking it, but kind of like laying it along his belly or like his, his pelvis and rubbing it in an, in an upward type of motion. And once I feel like there's some sort of sensation coming back or I'm hearing him like, mm, and ah, a little bit, then of course I will put his dick in my mouth and I will, you know, start to just like lick and suck gently so that, you know, he's feeling those tingling sensations and that it's not annoying because we know, you know, once they come, sometimes it gets hypersensitive and, you know, they don't want to be touched or whatever, but just, you know, licking and sucking and caressing in such a way and massaging in such a way that's arousing and stimulating. You know, if you know what his erogenous zones are, you know, you know, under normal circumstances, he likes his his neck licked and, and bitten and sucked. You do that, not in an overly aggressive way, but in that sort of teasing I want to arouse you type of way. You know, you you, you talk quietly to him and, and, you know, say the little dirty things to him. Like, you know, daddy, that dick was so good. You know, the way that you dealt with this pussy, daddy, fuck. You know, I need some more of that. You know, you, you talk little sweet things to them, you know? Um, but mostly it's, it's just about the encouragement, 
you know, and unfortunately, a lot of us, we just kind of wait for them to get back up on their own. And so it's like, okay, you know, I know you need like 20, 30 minutes, and we'll literally just lay there and wait for the 20, 30 minutes to come around again. And sometimes even for men, you know, the fact that we are not actively engaging them, they'll they'll feel like they want to go again, but because we're not motivating them, they'll take even longer or they'll just decide that they had enough in round one. Um, somebody that I'm, you know, intimate, that I've been intimate with, um, he said to me, like, I'm the first woman that he's ever been with that says she wants more and actually encouraged his body to get back up again so that he's able to go. He's like most women that I've been with, all women I've been with just kind of lay, lay, lay there and wait for, you know, the 20, 30 minutes, 45 minutes to pass until, you know, you, you get back up again. But he's like, you know what you want. You're not trying to let me have an app until you get your second round. I'm like, honestly and truly, I'm not. He's like, but just even the way you handled my body, the way that you dealt with me, the warm cloth, you know, massaging my dick, talking them little nasty things to me and all this kind of stuff. He's like, it's it's encouraging and it's stimulating and sets my brain, you know, to that place where I want my dick to get back hard again so I can get back in that pussy. Um, so for me, those are the things. Definitely the warm towel, massaging the groin, massaging his balls, massaging his dick. Um, you know, if you use a little bit of lube if you want, use a little bit of, of oil if you want. Now keep in mind if you're using oil and you're gonna be getting more dick, that oil is gonna be going inside you. So lube probably would be the better. But warm up the lube. You know what I mean? So when you're massaging his balls and when you're stroking his cock, it's like a slippery warm, you know, sensation. Um and like I said, you know, lick and lick and caress and suck and gently bite the parts where he enjoys it, like his erogenous zones. If you know that he likes his nipples sucked and his nipples are not overly sensitive, girl, get to licking and sucking. Like I said, you know, talk the little dirty things to him, you know, whispers in his ear, let him feel, you know, that your your body is excited. You know, if it is like, take his hand, put his, you know, put his hands like down by your pussy, let him stroke your clit, let him see, sit at the, you know, another good thing too. And I know people may not be like into foot massages and stuff like that. But one of the things I've done is sit at, I sit at the foot of the bed. So he's at the head of the bed. I'm between his legs, but at the foot of the bed, you know, and if I've put um, like lube on his dick, what I'll do is use, cause I'm, I'm right-handed. So more right, you know, the right side of my body, I'll use like my right foot to massage his balls gently and stroke his dick. But my legs are open so he can see my pussy. And while I'm doing that, I'm playing with my pussy. Not like fingers in, butter bruising myself and stuff like that, but just rubbing on the outside. You know what I mean? Um, he particularly likes the fact that my nails are long. So like I'm, you know, just kind of gently pulling my nails along the outside and the fat, fleshy part of my pom pom. You know, rubbing it, opening up a little bit so he can see the pink, so that he can see, you know, the cream that's waiting for him. And, you know, that type of stuff is arousing. Men, men are visual creatures that... I would think more so than auditory. They're auditory creatures as well, but definitely visual creatures. You know, watching a woman play with herself, not in like, again, like, like I said, not in that aggressive butter bruise type of way, but stroking her pussy, knowing that, you know, while she's rubbing your dick with her foot and thinking about getting you hard and thinking about the fuck that she does take from you, she's excited and she wants more of that. She desires you. She wants more of you. That shit will get him on hard quick. Uh, and then the second part of the question, do I think that there's such a thing as being too freaky in a relationship? Absolutely not. Um, I've, I've said this time and time again, time immemorial. Um, and I, it will forever be one of my mantras. Whatever two people decide to do behind closed doors with consent could never be considered too freaky or too out there. Um, like I said, the, the, the biggest thing is that there's, there's consent, you know, explore, 
do kinky shit, you know, do stuff that you've never thought that you would try with somebody, you know, watch a porn, watch kink, try something that you've never tried before. You may not like everything that you try, but you also may discover that there's some shit that you try that you're like, oh my God, I didn't know that it would feel like that. I didn't know that it would feel so good. Um, I would think for me, like being, being paddled and spanked, you know, especially because you take licks when you're a kid, you never think that you're going to grow up to an, to be an adult and actually like taking licks. But um, I get highly aroused when I'm being spanked, not being fucked and spanked, but just being spanked. Um, there's a video on my OnlyFans. Uh, it's a spanking video. I think I put like an, an auditory um, clip and, you know, Instagram took it down because it was too visual or whatever. So I use like a generic emoji, but I played the sound underneath it. And the way that he brought me to orgasm brought me to that height, like from the slap, 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 slap to the point where I orgasm, then he brought me back down again. Huh, my goodness me. But like I said, you know, if you had asked me this when I was in my early 20s, I'd say like, who wants to take beaten? You know what I mean? I used to get licks as a kid for things that I didn't, that I did, didn't do or things that I did wrong or, or, you know, just whatever. Um, but it's one of the things that I discovered that I really enjoyed and like to an extreme, you know, where you can bruise me and it, it, it's pleasurable. Um, but that's with consent and with somebody that I trust. There's no such thing as freak too freaky in a relationship when the person that you're with understands your desires and consents to participate or engage you in those activities and in exploring those desires. So, you know, with that being said, open up some shit, <laughs> you know what I mean? Get yourself wide open, get yourself some toys, get yourself some apparatus, get yourself, you know, um, some books, read some shit on the internet, do some exploration, uh, do some research and, and have a good time doing it. And don't let anybody judge you for being, I hate the word freaky, but, you know, don't let anybody judge you for being, you know, quote unquote, too freaky or, or wanting to explore your sexual nature. Again, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it as long as you're doing it with somebody that you trust and there's consent. Uh, so the next one is an email. Uh, Dear AJ, thank you for taking time to read this. I've been married. I've been married, not married for 12 years and we have three beautiful kids. He has never been a fan of, of my portraying myself in any sort of sexy way, unless I'm in the house or unless we are going out. But lately he has taken a real disdain to my posting anything remotely sexy on my social media. Keeping in mind, sexy for him is me having on red lipstick, let alone showing my cleavage. We seem to forever be fighting about my posts. I blocked him and then that became an issue. I don't post half naked pictures. Not that I have any judgments about anyone who does. Hell, I'd do it in a heartbeat if I could. But I'm really starting to hate the way that it makes me feel. And I'm even more hating the way that he makes me feel bad about myself. It's like he wants me to stay shut off from the world and just be the good little wife without asking to get married or anything. I've dealt with my personal insecurities for years and I'm just now learning to love and appreciate my body, but he always seems to want to criticize rather than compliment me. I know he hates the attention I'm getting, but it's not like I'm responding to anyone that I don't know. And mostly attention I'm getting and mostly the attention I'm getting cuz a lot of is a lot of positive support from other women. Um, so my question is, what do you do when the man that you're in a relationship just wants you to stay quiet in the background? I appreciate you and all your insight. You get a, lo a lot of great advice and I can't wait to hear back from you. Thank you. The sad wife. Oh my gosh, that breaks my heart. 
oh my goodness me. Um, I would say to keep doing what you're doing. <clears throat> you're, you're not an animal to be caged. You're not um, a trinket to be kept. You are, you are a human being. You're a woman. You have passion. You have feelings. You have desires. You have wants. You have needs. Um, and, and the truth of the matter is we are all for the most part, social creatures, I would say like 95% of the population, you do have a percentage of the population who, um, you know, prefer, uh, solitude and, um, I don't want to say being hermits, but you have people who prefer to just stay seriously to themselves. Like they don't want to engage and interact with anybody for more than like five minutes, but the majority of the world, um, we are social creatures and, and not necessarily that we desire approval from, um, social settings or from the outside world, but people want to be liked, you know, people want to be loved. People want to be accepted. People want to be appreciated. You know, people want to be reassured. And I know people say like, you know, having self-confidence and knowing that you look good and all that kind of stuff. And yes, that's great. And and everybody, you know, for people who are building self-esteem and people who are taking time to develop their self-confidence, there is still that component of reassurance um, that you, that you need or that you want to know that you're on the right path, so to speak. You know, it's one of those kind of things where it's like, if you're going to an event and you're wearing something that doesn't look good on you, even though in your mind, you may say to yourself, oh, like, yeah, this looks really good. It's ill-fitting. The color doesn't compliment you. You know, y- you don't feel sexy or glamorous or secure, but you, you think that you- it's something you should wear because it's trending and whatever, right? It's better that you have somebody in your life that says to you, you know what, that that's not as flattering on you as, and they give you another suggestion or whatever, um, than to kind of like leave you out there for the sharks to attack and not say anything to you um, in, in any sort of supportive way. I would rather that someone supports me with the truth in my self-growth and self-development than to um, support a lie that doesn't help my self-growth and self-development, right? So like I said, to some degree or other, we are all, for the most part, social creatures and, and desire social acceptance. Um, it doesn't sound like you're doing anything that is... Um, overtly sexual. It doesn't sound like you're doing anything that's over the top where you're trying to necessarily target a specific type of attention, meaning that you're not trying to solicit attention from men. It sounds like, you know, you, you want to post the things that make you happy, including, you know, the growth and development on a personal level, um, just in terms of being able to put yourself out there and to show how far you've come. And I think that's one of the things when we look at, you know, women, men, people who are on weight loss journeys, let's say, you know, they, they post where they've started and, and systematically over a period of time, they post snippets of their journey so that people can follow along and, and, and they gain support that way. It helps them to develop their self-confidence. It's not necessarily to get the approval of society to say that they should change from being heavier to being smaller, but it's a personal journey for them. And they're hoping that two things that they they get support from people which it's motivation for them but they're also able to help motivate someone who may be going through the same thing 
right? It's creating a support system. And I never want people to think that it's it's a false sense of security by creating a support system with people that you don't know. You forge relationships with people that you meet on social media. Whether you actually meet them in real life or not, you still develop meaningful relationships or can develop meaningful relationships with people that you forge from social media um, that you may only ever be able to FaceTime or video chat with because they live on the other side of the planet. You can't discount those kind of relationships and you can't discount that kind of support. Um, it's unfortunate that the person that you love and the person that is closest to you sees your sexuality, sees your beauty, sees your outward growth and development, sees your uh, personal embrace of yourself as a threat because it shouldn't be. You know, it doesn't sound to me like you're you're trying to run away from your relationship or or seek solace in the arms of somebody else. It more sounds like you want the gratitude and appreciation from the person that you love the most, but also that the fact that you're getting gratitude and appreciation and support on a different level from people within social media that you've made relationships with or forged relationships with, that's a good thing as well that will help with your self-growth and self-development. Um, I wouldn't say to scale back, you know, I think it warrants having an honest conversation with him about the way that he makes you feel, the negative impact that he's having on your morale, the negative impact that he's having on your personal growth and development. Um, it, there needs to be a conversation because he needs to understand how this is undermining what it is that you're trying to achieve in, in terms of your personal growth, in terms of self-care, in terms of self-love. Um, sometimes those conversations are hard conversations, but it's something that needs to be said so that he clearly understands the importance that his opinion um, holds in your life, but also that you're not going to allow him to disrespect you with his opinion. Um, I applaud you. I think that what you're doing is amazing just in terms of, you know, putting yourself out there and and making connections with people. Uh, I know, especially in 2020, because, you know, we have limited accessibility to people because of the different quarantine times and the different lockdown times and just kind of the travel bans and all that kind of stuff. Um, 2020 was a hard enough year without having somebody be on your neck trying to keep you down. Um, so I commend you for, you know, trying to stay positive and stay uplifted in the ways that you did in the ways that you have. Um, and as I said, I think that the best course of action would to be having, would be to have an honest conversation with him about the way that his negativity and the way that he speaks to you, the way that he addresses you, the way that he chastises you, all of those things, um, the impact that they're having on you and that you would like him to stop and that you'd like him to be more supportive. Um, you know, I wouldn't block him from social media because that's going to give him cause to think that you're doing something that you're not, you know, and if it is a matter of you putting up pictures, you know, think of it this way, you don't know who you're motivating, right? You may have somebody that follows you on social media who may be in the same predicament that you're in and they see strength in you because of the, the posts that you post in your red lipstick, you know, um, in your outfit of the day, whatever, whatever it is that you do, you believe me, there's at least one person that you're inspiring. Believe me, there is at least one person that you are inspiring. And that is an amazing thing. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sorry that, that this is something that you're having to deal with. You are strong, you are brave, you are beautiful, um, and, and keep doing what you do. Oh, <laughs> okay. So next question. Hey, AJ. So I've been with this man for about a year now, but the only thing we do 
while we get together is fuck. The rest of the time we're at it like cats and dogs arguing. Um, I like him as a person. We don't go out or interact much with each other, as I said, other than having sex. Um, But I know that one of us needs to walk away because this is not a healthy relationship, which will probably have to be me. But the dick is so fucking good that I'm not sure what to do. But I also know that we're not good together. Anyhow, I wanted to get your input on this crazy situation that I'm in. Thanks, AJ. You're the best. D. D, <laughs> leave that dick alone. <laughs> oh my goodness me. Um, one of the best things about what you said, <laughs> excuse me, is the, is the fact that you had the ability to identify that you know that that relationship is no good for you and that the relationship is toxic and that the only thing that you guys have in common at this point is that it's just great sex. It's also great that you're able to identify that you know and understand that great sex cannot sustain or make a relationship work. Um, you know, th- the fact that you said that you don't you don't like him as a person is everything that you need to know about why you should walk away. Because I'm, you know, interestingly enough, there's a, another episode that's going to be coming out called Like Versus Love. Um, you probably have love ties to him because of the history that you have with him. But the fact that you don't like him, you can't stand to be with around him, that you guys are always, like you said, you're at it like cats and dogs, which means you're arguing and fighting and cussing all the time. It, that's not healthy for you mentally and emotionally, you know? And as, as much as the, the, the sex is, is good... If that's all that there is to the relationship and as hard as it may be, you do need to walk away. And I know people say to me, I've heard people say, oh, I would never tell anybody to leave their relationship. You know what I mean? I tell people all the time, if it's not good for you, if it's not good to you, if it's not healthy, if it doesn't sustain you, uplift you, if it doesn't make you feel like a better person, if it drags you down, if it weighs you down, if it kicks you in the teeth, if it knocks you down every opportunity that it gets, if you're more sad and angry than you are happy, if it makes you feel ill and sick inside, and if the only moments of reprieve that you get are when you have sex and when it's done, you go back to hating that person, walk away. That is not the relationship for you. You're doing more harm than good to yourself. You're doing more damage than good to yourself. That's, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's the long and short of it. It's it's not a good situation for you to be in. And, and you know, I've, I've been there before several times. Um, and it's it's been difficult. But you, you have to tell yourself that I love myself more than any penis is worth on this planet. Right? Unless I'm in a loving relationship with someone where we're both willing to fight for the relationship, where we're willing to talk and communicate about the relationship, you know what I mean? That is dick that I'm willing to fight for because we're fighting together. You know what I mean? It's not a fight that I'm fighting by myself and it, it's not a disrespectful fight. It's not a drag down, knock them out type of, of, of fighting. It's it's a fighting, it's a fighting. To, to understand one another, to fighting to come to a place of common ground. It's not a, it's not an ugly fight. Um, but yeah, if 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 dick is the only thing that's keeping that relationship together, or good sex is the only thing that's that's keeping you guys tied and connected, you need to resolve that with yourself, and you need to um, buy a good vibrator, buy a dildo, you know, figure out the masturbation piece, and you need to let that let that go. It's it's unhealthy for you mentally and emotionally. And as time goes, you're going to regret it and you're going to start to resent him. And you just don't want it to get to a place where it becomes super volatile. Um, 
and and potentially physically dangerous a physically dangerous situation for you to be in Next question. Hi, AJ. Happy holidays to you and yours, even though it's not a very joyful time of year. My question to you is, do you think it's really possible to develop meaningful, loving friendships with people through social media uh, that you've never actually met in real life? Interestingly enough, um, I do. I absolutely do. Um, I would say some of the, the most wonderful relationships I have and have developed in the past two years have been with people that I have never physically met. We have FaceTimed, we have talked on the phone, we have text message, we have talked in the DMs, you know what I mean? Like when you post something in your stories and you were responding and you have a haha kikai moment or sending voice notes and stuff like that. So we're we're engaged, we're interactive with one another, we've seen one another visually, you know what I mean, and that kind of stuff but have never physically met in real life. And these to me, I feel like are people who, if something was wrong and I had to hop in my ride or jump on a plane to go to back them, I absolutely would. Um, and people think it's strange, but it's to me, I also equate it to relationships that I've had with. So one of my best friends, we have been friends for over 26 years. And the last time I physically saw her was probably three years ago. We talk maybe once a month and we'll go good. We'll talk every day for like a month. And then for like three months, we don't talk. Not because of nothing and not because anything's happened. Not because we're angry. Not because we had a fight. But life. Simply life. <laughs> you know, she has things that she's doing, you know, she's and 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 you know, things that are going on. I have things that I'm doing. I'm in and out of the country all the time and all these kind of things. And then, you know, three months will go by, then we'll spend like a you know, a couple of weeks talking and catch up and pick up right where we left off. And I I how would I discount that relationship with her because I don't see her or talk to her every single day because I haven't seen her in three years. I should discount a 26 year history and solid friendship with her because of that. No, you know, we live in an age of being technologically advanced and, and social media and social, um, social sites and, and development that that's, that's the, that's the future that we're in. That's the now that we're in. That's going to be the future that we continue to be in, which is our now it's the present for us. Right. Um, I can't discount the, the friendships and, and relationships that I've forged with people through social media. I know off the top of my head, at least four people that I've met through social media that I forged relationships with in the past two years, that if I was upset and crying or needed something, whether it was emotional support, mental support, financial support, or otherwise, if I was to call them, there would be no hesitation for them to help me. And these are people I've never seen physically been in the same space with, and but I would do the same for them, do you know? So yes, I absolutely think that it's possible to develop meaningful, loving, and healthy friendships with people that you've never physically met with the hopes that at some point you'll you'll see them. You know what I mean? If if circumstances permit and if if life permits. One of my best friends who I've I've seen a handful of times when he's come here, he lives in he lives in England. You know, we talk very regularly. We talk maybe once or twice a week. Um, there are some times where, you know, for a, like a month or two, we don't talk. But it's it's never changed the value of our relationship because I haven't seen him in like 10 years, you know? So don't let people f make you feel like you can't 
trust people that you've met through social media and don't make people make you feel like you can't develop meaningful and healthy bonds with people that you've met with social through social media. Everything is a vetting process. I mean, you meet people in real life who lie to you. You know what I mean? The automatic assumption shouldn't be because you're not able to physically see this person that they're telling a lie. Um, You know, if you're able to FaceTime them or video chat with them at any point in time in the day and see their home environment and see who they're with and, and, and things are above board, then, you know, allow yourself to indulge in the beauty of developing a friendship with somebody that, you know, lives in another place. Uh, moving on, um, AJ, random question. What is your favorite physical part of the body? Sorry. What is your favorite physical part of your body other than your smile? Um, and so funny. I tell people all this all the time. It's, it's probably only in the last five years that I've really learned to appreciate my smile, but that's a whole other conversation. Uh, what part of my body do I like the most? I would say, um, my legs and my bum Yes, we. I say bum. I don't know if it's a Canadian British thing or a, you know my butty, <laughs> my gluteus maximus, my ass. Um, it's not you know super big, but I like the fact that it's 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 relatively toned and muscular. But I definitely definitely like my legs or love my legs um, and my arms. Those those would be like my two my two most favorite. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a weird question, <laughs> but those would be my two, um, my two favorite body parts on myself. Um, hi, AJ. What is one physical thing, but a non-sexual thing that turns you on? Um, teeth. Um, yeah, I get excited. Like when I see a person that has like a great smile and good teeth. Oh my goodness me. Yeah, I get excited. It's so... <laughs> I really do. Um, when someone has a good mouth, like I said, they've got like nice lips and great teeth. Oh, yeah. I start to think all kinds of of, of, of dirty things. Um, and uh, nice hands. I, I like... I like people who take care of their hands. Not to say that you have to go get like, you know, a manicure weekly and all these things, but that your nails are, are clipped, that your nails are not dirty, you know, um, that you've got like a nice nail bed. And again, I know that, you know, genetics are genetics and there are certain things that you can't help or, or manage to change and what have you. But um, yeah, like there's, I, I don't even know how to explain the type of, but there's, there's a particular type of hand. Like when I see it, I'm like, yeah, that's, I like that a lot. Um, and it's really funny because years ago when I was dating, um, this, this was like when I was in my early twenties, like literally like maybe 21, 22, um, great body. He had a really good smile. He had nice teeth, handsome face, you know, all that kind of stuff, but his hands, oh my gosh. And I, I tried, like, I really tried not to be (laughs) shallow, um, and get past it. And, and, you know, we, sur- we ended up surviving. I mean, he was an abusive asshole emotionally and all that kind of stuff. Um, we were together for almost two years, but I, I used to cringe when he touched me because I did not, I didn't like his hands. Like his hands were, uh, I don't even know. Like they were just crony looking like, I, yeah, I don't even know how to explain it. Like his hands were not, which is really interesting because his brother had really nice hands. Anyways, that's a whole other thing. But yeah, um, really, a really great teeth and a great smile and hands. Those are those are the two 
non-sexual things that turn me on um, about a person, and and also them being um, be, them being able to hold their own in a conversation, and that their their conversational skills are not limited. You know what I mean? That they've got you know a little bit of street and a little bit of of um, book smarts kind of mixed together, so we can you know chop it up about a, a di- bunch of different things. Like good conversation is is definitely a turn on to me. Yeah, those are my those are my two things. <laughs> Um, next, uh, dear AJ, have you ever been with someone where you had a good relationship with the person, but sex was not the best and you didn't orgasm a lot? And can you remember your earliest experience with another person of having an intense orgasm? Um, yeah. So the, the, somebody that I was with that I, you know, had a, a, a relatively good relationship with but the sex was just not the best um and even thinking it back about it like maybe it was because no it couldn't have been because i was young because i masturbated and i knew what an orgasm was and i'd had sex with other people and i'd i'd, I'd had but yeah this one relationship um i don't know like i think part of it was his cockiness and his belief that he could just make anybody come um I've told you guys this story before. Like this is the person that when he was going down on me and I kept telling him that he was hurting me and he kept telling me, I just needed to relax. He knows what he's doing. Um, I absolutely did not come. I th- and, and it's really bad because I should have stopped, but I didn't know how to stop him from doing what he was doing. You know, cause you're young and you just figure like you, you're kind of just supposed to take their lay there and take it, which thank God I'm old enough now to know better to have, you know, advised my young people um, when something doesn't feel good to you, stop, you know, I didn't have that. Nobody was there to tell me those things. So I'm, you know, through my experiences, I'm able to pass on that information, but, um, yeah, that was, it was horrendous, you know? And I remember making sounds like, Oh, mm, uh, you know what I mean? For him to think that I was enjoying it so that he would just stop and come give me some dick. Um, and even then, like the way I remember, like, (sighs) love can be a toxic thing sometimes when you, you convince yourself that you love somebody and then you kind of just put up with the things that they're doing because you think that that's the way that it's supposed to be. But sex with him was just in thinking back about it, (coughs) excuse me, was not enjoyable at all. Um, And the earliest experience of being with another person completely unrelated um, and having an intense orgasm, um, his name <laughs> I'm just telling all these people's names his name was Glenn and Glenn was the first person to ever make me squirt and when I tell you I catch my fraid I wasn't sure what was happening because I'd, I'd had orgasms up until that point like I said self-induced and you know having been with other men um this was in my late 20s And interestingly enough, I was on top and I don't know what he did or I don't remember how he had me positioned, but I remember saying to him, I feel like I'm, I'm going to pee on you. And he's like, no, you're going to squirt. I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) So he's like, just don't move. And so he literally had me where he had like his thumbs hooked into my hips and he was, he was, he was doing the work from underneath and pressing up into me. And because of how he curved, like it was hitting my G spot from underneath and miss eh, the piece of blood clot squirt will come out of me. I honestly 
what I got, I, I got scared. I got so scared. Like I literally jumped off this man and he's like, where are you going? You're not done. I'm like, are you crazy? Like I just went all over you. He's like, that's what you're supposed to do. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, just come back. I'm going to make you do it again. I'm like, no, 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 we're good. It felt like I was falling off the bed. Like before I actually got, got off, I felt like I was falling. Like the sensation was just the craziest sensation, but you know what I mean? I, I, I calmed myself. I got back on the bed. I got back on top of him and he did it several more times. And let me tell you, yeah, that was my first experience with, um, squirting. And I learned a lot about my body that day. I learned a lot about, you know, where my triggers are in order to make me do that. I also learned how to stop myself from doing it. That's a whole other conversation because that makes you feel even crazier than allowing it to come out of you. But um, yeah, that that was definitely my first experience and having such an intense orgasm to the point where I am. where Glenn made me squirt. <laughs> oh my goodness. Moving on. AJ, do you think the mood determines the type of pussy that you get or give? Absolutely. Um, and, and not necessarily like your tired type of mood versus like, you know, first thing in the morning. I, I mean that mood of, you know, where you are mentally and emotionally, you know, if you're happy you may give good pum pum. If you're ecstatic, you're giving even better pum pum. If you're sometimes all when you're angry, you're giving the best pum pum because you wanna you wanna punish them in a kind of way to make them know that you know what I mean. Like if they do anything stupid, this is what they're gonna be missing. Um, but then it kind of backfires on you because then they'd be like, "How come I never got this level of pum pum from you before?" So what? Like I gotta make you angry all the time in order for you to <laughs> for you to give it to me like this. Um, but I, I definitely think that mood determines the type of pussy that you give um, or the type of pussy that that person is going to receive. I don't know that it's the same for men. You know, I kind of feel like for men, like they're a lot of men, I think they're just happy to, to fuck good or bad, whether it's with their woman or somebody who's just giving them some on the side, because I know like, you know, some men, they're not too selective with the pom pom and they can kind of nut in anything, but it's definitely like if a woman is feeling you, like if she wants to impress you, she's going to give you, you know, the ultra platinum pom pom. You know, if she likes you a lot, she'll give you, a, you know, somewhere close to the platinum pom pom. If she's cool and you know what I mean? You've been kind of nice to her, but she's not really feeling you like that. She'll give you some good pom pom. Like I said, if she's angry, she may give you the top of top universal pom pom as punishment and never give you that level of pom pom again. <laughs> and then, you know, there's the ones where like, you know, you're not really feeling them, but you're grateful for something that they did. And so you just kind of give them the obligatory, obligatory pom pom, which is kind of like closer to like a dead fuck. But you're kind of like, you know, you make the one, two little sounds. You're trying to get into it. Your mind is somewhere else. Um, you know, them the kind of things there. But yeah, mood definitely, definitely determines the type of pom pom that I give and that you're going to receive. And I think that that's, that's kind of across the board for, for women because we're emotional creatures. We're, we're emotional, emotional creatures. Excuse me. Um, next question, AJ. What is the wickedest thing sexually you've ever done to someone as punishment? Um, 
So, uh, <laughs> I was with somebody that um, I found out that they lied to me about having a woman, which for me, I, I tell people all the time, like, if you tell me that you have a woman, that's not necessarily going to mean that I'm not going to fuck with you or that I'm not going to give you pussy. It depends on, that really is determined by me. It depends on how much I'm feeling you. It depends on the level of camaraderie. It depends on, you know, like who you are and what it is, what you mean to me and what you're doing for me or the way that we engage in the way that we get along. Let me just say that from there, right? Um, but when you flat out lie to me and you try to take away my choices, that's just never going to end well for you. Um, and then I'm plotting to get back at you. So, um, found out that he lied about having a woman. Uh, so <laughs> I went to go see him because I'm more a fan of going to people's homes than having them come to my yard. Because then you... you, you when you give good head and you've got good pum pum and you try to cut somebody off and they know where you live, they will try showing up at your yard or they'll show up at your job or they'll just do some bullshit, right? So I prefer to go to people. Um, so went to him, sucked his dick, gave him a breed of head, made him nut. But I went with, with the with the intention of, not the intention, I went under the guise of him getting some good pum pum as well, Right. So I went and he's like, you know, let me touch you. I'm like, no, no, I, you know, I want to suck your dick for good. first. I want to just like, you know, get you off, get you ready or whatever. He's like, okay, but like, don't make me come just like suck in my dick and get me hard. So I'm like, okay, cool. Because normally like, you know, he'd eat my pussy, get me ready. I'd suck his dick, get him ready. Not necessarily, you know, just for that, but because I enjoy it, whatever. But I would never, I would bring him to the point of like him being ready to like, okay, like I need to get inside of you type of thing. <clears throat> so I let him believe that that's what's, what was going to happen this time. So I sucked his dick. And when he got to that point, he's like, okay, I'm going to come. Stop, 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 stop. Oh, a bitch kept fucking sucking. I sucked and stroked the uh, GAC 3000 two-hand twist. That's what I'm calling it. <laughs> I did all that shit and I made him come. I didn't even let him come in my mouth. Like I pulled my mouth off when I knew, because you can feel like, I could feel it kind of like erupting from the, from the vein at the bottom. And just the fact that he like flung himself back on the bed all of a sudden so I was like oh yeah he's gonna come so I pulled my mouth off I'm stroking 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 and he comes but I'm like you know angling it so like he's coming more towards like his stomach and I didn't let him touch me or whatever whatever right so I go in the bathroom I wash off my hands wash off my mouth towel down my face um you know, leave the cloth in the bathroom with my makeup on it. I came back in, I pick up my bag, I pick up my keys and he's looking at me like, where are you going? We're not done. I'm like, I'm going home. He's like, you can't be fucking serious right now. He's like, I, like, I didn't get to fuck you. I didn't get to eat your pussy. None of that. I'm like, yeah, and you're not going to. He's like, what's the problem? Like, why would you lie to me about having a woman? And you know that moment where someone knows that they're caught and they're kind of like a deer in headlights and they don't know how to respond. He's like, you know... We just got back together. We weren't together. I said, listen to me, save, save the lies. I'm not, honestly, I'm not even interested. I, I'm not interested in the explanation. I just know you lied to me. I told you from jump, don't do that shit because I don't like it. Tell me what it is. Let me make my, I, I, I told you, I told you this from the very beginning. And this is, I'm up, I, I tell people that from the very, because if I'm with somebody, I'm not going to hide that from you. If I'm with somebody and, and I'm trying to like kick it with you as well, I'm going to tell you so that you can choose what it is that you want to choose. I'm not going to try to trick you into something. I, I I don't like when people do them things. Right. And, and this is what I'm telling him. He's like, okay, just like, like, just stay so we can talk. I'm like, I, I don't got nothing else to say i sucked your dick you nutted i'm going home no 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 and mr the man begging 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 beg 
And I took my shit and I went the fuck home. Coupled to the fact that, like, he's laying on the bed naked. So, like, it would take him a second to, like, jump up and put something on. I grabbed my shit and went out the damn door, hopped in my truck and went the fuck home. And then I blocked him. Because, again, I'm not here for the craziness and bullshit with nobody. You know what I mean? Again, it's my my thing is, tell me what it is so I can choose for myself what it is that I want to do. Don't feel like you're going to trick me into something because it's just not going to end nicely. You know what I mean? Whether it emotionally impacts you or mentally impacts you, which it will, because I leave an impression. I'm going to say that I'm, I, I'm, I leave an impression. Now you're not going to have access to me in any way, shape or form. You can message me on social media. I will read your messages all fucking day long and leave you on red. And you can cuss and go on to most ways, but you don't know where I live. You can't get to me. You don't know where I work. You can't get to me. You don't know who I, who I'm friends with. Like, yeah, you can go through my social media list and, and, and try to ask somebody one and two things. But if people who really know me, if they have sense and they'd be like, you know, like AJ, what's up? Such a, this person messaged me, like, who the fuck is that? And once I explain to them, then you're on their block list. Don't do it to yourself. Cause you, you just want to suffer a breed of embarrassment. Right. So yeah, that, that by far is probably one of the most wickedest things that I've ever done to somebody um, as punishment. Because, again, I don't like those things at all. Um, so last question, because there's a whole bunch. I'm going to save some for the next go round of the Love Jones. Um, but the last question of the day, um, AJ, what are two sexually historic questions that you've thought of, but have never gotten an answer to? I thought of this because you do your high thoughts. <laughs> yeah, my high thoughts have me thinking about some real strange things. Um, So one thing that I've always wondered, why are there no male brothels? And if there is a male brothel somewhere, beg, beg somebody tell me where it is, please. Not... No- <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily because I want to go there, but I would like to do research. Like I can do research on, you know, women's broth on brothels all across the planet, everywhere. The history of brothels. Um, there was one that I was, I was reading about where um, she was the only black woman in a Southern state to run a whorehouse and, you know, politicians knew about it. Officials knew about it. Like, uh, police officers knew about it. You know, they, they all frequented it. She was very discreet. Um, you know, her workers, of course, were all black women. She was a black madam. I think she had, you know, whatever number of workers, but there was a man that came one day. They denied him service because she said, like, if you're drunk, nobody, that was house rule. You can't be drunk and come in here. Right. Um, she denied service to a man that was drunk. He came back with something like a gas canister or something, flung it inside. Um, but he came close enough to the house where he ended up catching fire. She ended up catching fire. The house caught fire. Um, long and short of it, she died of, from her, from her, her wounds and stuff like that. Anyways, the point is that I, I like to do history research um, in terms of, of those kind of stuff and just the history of sex and um, all that kind of stuff. So definitely one of the questions that I've I've had that I've never gotten an answer to is why are there no male brothels? And if there's anybody who knows about one, please forward the information so I can do some research because I would love to talk about it on another episode. Um, and then another question that I have, um, was there ever a queen in history that had a large number of male concubine? 
like you see the way that King David had his wives and then he had concubine in, in the thousands. Was there ever a queen in history that had male concubine? And if there was, and any of you know of her, beg you please pass on that information as well because... Yeah, I would I would like to definitely do some research. I know like when in researching the Amazons, I don't know if they are entirely fictional or not. Um, but they had um like the queen had multiple husbands or um pleasurers. I I I don't even really know what the what they were called, but <laughs> if I you know, again, a, a whole moment, you know. Um yeah, I think if if I could go back in time, say like you know, two three thousand years ago, and been a queen in history where I had male concubine, you know, so I'd have like my good up good up husband or my two good up good up husbands, um, and then you know have like you know twenty male concubine, a stable of men that I kept to you know to watch to look at, to touch, to please me, to pleasure them, you know, to do whatever it is, you know, to beat them, spank them. Bind them, gag them, whip them, you know, do all kinds of, of um, kinky things with them. Yeah, if I could have had a concubine of men, man. Yeah, that would have. You know what? Let me stop talking about this and come out of my... <laughs> pum, pum, pase, bless up yourself. Um, that concludes this segment of The Love Jones. Um, as I said, there's a whole bunch more questions, but I feel like this would end up being like a two-hour session. And, you know, we have, we have a lot of things to cover and get to. But um, again, thank you all for the year of support. Um, this is the first episode of the year. And for everyone whose questions I, I, I've answered so far, thank you very much for supporting the podcast and submitting your questions and your queries. I'm sorry that it's taken so long for me to get to you. Uh, everyone else who has submitted something for me to respond to, I will definitely get to it within the next uh, couple of episodes. I will do another round of the Love Jones where I will answer everybody else's questions as well. Um, but in the meantime, in, the, in, in between time, um, you know, stay up, stay safe. Um, I don't know how many of y'all are taking this vaccine or considering taking the vaccine, but if you are considering it, you know, make sure you do your research and weigh your options heavily. Um, cause we're in for, we're in for a, a hard time, especially with this new strain of COVID that's just emerged. Um, but you know, stay safe, love up on the people that you can love up, you know, give the proper attention to people who deserve it. Spend your time with people who deserve you. Um, you know, make sure you do self-care and, 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 you know, practice self-love and take care of yourselves. And I will talk to y'all next week.
words right down I am waiting on the table If you could show me love somehow We don't need to have a label You know that I will love you down I will be every kind of faithful If you could show me all the way around I will be very, very grateful Very, very grateful You make my worries fly away I'm thinking it's the way that we rotate That makes me feel okay huh? So you should come around today huh? Let me show you somewhere safe Oh baby, you can stop trying to locate Cause we find a soulmate in each other And now we're bound I don't want to hide, I don't want to hide I don't want to shy from you, no I don't want to lie, I don't want to lie And say that I don't need you So if you could lay your cards right down I am waiting at the table If you could show me love somehow We don't need to have a label You know that I will love you down I will be every kind of faithful If you could show me all the way around I will be very, very grateful Very, very grateful, yeah